Hello, and welcome to Season 2 of Guilty Pleasure, the podcast that celebrates, elaborates, and experiences our odd interests. I'm Amanda Sofitor. And I'm Jackie Ray Bell. And today's guest was Caitlin Hempstead. She is a comedian, writer, and host of the podcast Lizard People. Uh, Caitlin's Guilty Pleasure is... Terry Pratchett novels. This was a super fun episode, don't you think, Amanda? Yes, I agree. If you don't know who Terry is, get yourself online and listen to this podcast. And listen to this podcast because really, we're just we're reciting the Wikipedia. We're we're gonna dive into (laughs) it. We dive in deep. Um, If you'd like to reach us and let us know your own guilty pleasures, please email us at guiltypleasurepodcast at gmail.com. or find us on Instagram at guilty pleasure podcast. We will be experiencing this guilty pleasure in real life all this week on our Instagram. So be sure to go there and see Amanda and I dive into some Terry Pratchett stuff and some other fantasy see authors and essayists and it's going to be fun we're going to do some reading guys get smart with us yeah thanks for listening thanks for listening I think that that sounds like a really great fantasy, mm. but I've I've learned that I'm actually an I used to think I was an introvert, but I'm actually an extrovert. I and mean, if I'm alone for too long mm-hmm. just reading, I get really depressed. Oh, that's a great point and something that I forgot about is that I am an extrovert and I would probably kill myself. <laughs> I mean, that's probably yeah. You make a good point. <laughs> yes. It does sound really lovely though. Maybe for like a week in the country. Right. So, okay. So, change the fantasy up. Yes. You're a rich debutante. Ooh, Victorian debutante. Yes. But like you're in the city. Mm-hmm. You're doing things. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're writing essays. You're part sure. of a club. Yeah. Yes, I'm part of a literary club. Or the Cotillion yeah. Club. Sure. Yeah. Like you get out there, yeah. you do your thing. You know, you're all about women's voting rights. You know, you've Suffrage got a purpose. Suffrage for everyone. Yeah. You're just like listening. Anti- I'm an abolitionist, of yeah. course. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. Right Some, sometimes we all think we would be. <laughs> You have a little you know meek, you have a meek husband who does a yes. good earning but does not is but likes you to take charge. Yes. He gets Ooh. made fun of it sometimes, mm-hmm. but he doesn't tell you because he's too proud. Yeah. yeah. And Bernard nice. is my help meet and my confidant. <laughs> and I love him dearly. And I love him dearly. And then you have like your your friend, your mm. your sidekick, mm-hmm. Beatrice. Beatrice. Oh, Beatrice. Oh, I love her. A perpetual spinster. Probably gay. Yeah. She's probably just in love with you. Yeah, Beatrice gay like this so. whole, And then you write a memoir about mm. it and it becomes like this huge piece, yes, like memoir. way ahead of his time. And but then, then I get go, consumption. Yeah. And then and I no, have to retire you to have the country to. house. And you have to go. And you keep, you keep contact with all your suffragette friends. You vote in every election that mm-hmm. you can. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you live out the rest of your days uh, reading uh, mm-hmm. Terry Pratchett novels. Ooh. Caitlin Hempstead, welcome to the Guilty Pleasure Podcast. <laughs> hello, We can cut that. We definitely <laughs> cut that. That went on forever. But also, I'm like really jealous of your Victorian lifestyle. Guys, this is just my escape. I love British shit, even though it's problematic. <laughs> Ooh, British shit problematic? Talk about that. Well, I feel like like when you're really into like Austin or like, like any point. 
like, I'm just like an Anglophile, but I feel guilty about it because like the British Empire is based on horrible suffering and col- like colonialism. Sure. And like, I know it's problematic to fantasize about being like a beautiful Victorian lady in my gown because it's like on the backs of people of color. But I just can't help it. It's like, <laughs> like those dresses are, are so I, nice. It's the freaking dresses, man. I want to wear a goddamn bodice. I want to wear a bodice. And I know it would feel bad, but no, I want to wear cor- it. No, honest, honest to God, a corset is the worst thing to ever wear ever. When I was doing like plays and shit, I had to wear them sometimes. I always had to wear an effing corset. Always. (laughs) What is it about you that... I don't know. It's just one of God's many little jests. I'm like, <laughs> it's just, they're like, you don't look like you belong on Gossip Girl. Let's throw her into like a period piece. Let's do that, you know? Yeah. So needless to say, many a corset. I mean, I got it. You get a great shape, you yeah. know? It's but a thing that we're conditioned to like. <laughs> at what, and we but like at what it. cost? Your, li- your internal organs squishing is the cost. Uh-huh. Like they just get fucking condensed. Yeah. Like a can of soup. Like a can of soup. And on that note, Caitlin, <laughs> we teased it earlier, but would you tell the folks listening at home what your guilty pleasure is? My guilty pleasure is the novels of Terry Pratchett. Yay! Yay! I'm very excited to talk about books. Oh. I've been in a book slump for the last couple of months, mainly because I'm writing a television pilot, and so therefore I'm analyzing TV to death, and my brain cells aren't really cells so much as they're just now <laughs> Little mush. mini TVs. <laughs> yeah, like little mush just like whirling around in my brain. Um, so I'm really excited to talk about this with you. And I've heard of the Terry Pratchett novels before, um, and but I've never really gone deep into them. So I would love it if you could kind of give a little summary for those listening at home, our moms who may not be familiar with the work of Terry Pratchett. Yes, of course, I would be delighted. Well, Terry Pratchett novels are some deep cut nerd shit. Uh, I would rank them with like... Dungeon World uh, and, like, uh, graphic novels of Star Trek in the realms of, like, you have to be, like, a pretty big fucking dork to love this. But when you love it, oh, boy, it feels so, so good. Uh, (laughs) And the novels are – basically, he's written some novels outside of Discworld, but his, like, I think, like, 40-book or something crazy series of Discworld novels are sort of the main ones that people think of when they think of Terry. Pratchett and Discworld is this flat planet on which all fantasy tropes are true. Uh, For instance, there are dragons and princesses and witches and kings and like grumpy drunk guardsmen and all of the things you can imagine from like Shakespeare and Tolkien and sort of British fantasy. But they're funny, and he does a lot of, like, playing with tropes and turning them on their head in a way that is just, like, so pure and beautiful and funny, and and I love them. That's amazing. Now, when I was reading the Wikipedia page, it said that uh, the Discworld is on the back of a turtle, right? Discworld is on the back of four elephants who are standing on a turtle. Isn't there a popular saying called it's all turtles all the way down? Yeah. Is that from Terry Pratchett novels? I don't think it is. And I feel like I used to know what it was. Uh, but there's a great Sturgill Simpson song about it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know. We should look up the origin. I will look it up. Um, this all sounds really, really interesting. Um, so tell us, how did you first come across Terry Pratchett novels? And... I love Tolkien. Uh, I love Harry Potter. I love fantasy stuff as well. I'm really into the sci-fi. Um, so I would love to know how you kind of discovered this and why it kind of tickles your tickles your 
bones. Oh, right in happy. the bones. Right in the bones. Got me right in the femur, baby. Um, uh, yeah, I feel like we would probably like a lot of the same books because that's my exact reading yeah. list. Yeah. Um, I was a very bookish child, and I did not love to do sports or climb trees or do anything physical really at all, except for like fucking musical theater. <laughs> hey, I, must, I get it. I get it. <laughs> so Caitlin, Caitlin loves books, the same books I do, and she did musical theater. Amanda did musical theater for many You're years. Our baby. Do you feel like I'm your child? Because I'm starting to feel like. It. Kind of. I feel like I should be like serving you a meal and telling you to drink your milk right now. Oh my God, I would you know love what I mean? That. I feel like you are the perfect blend of Amanda and myself. And you, probably, yeah, keep going. That's something my parents have never said to me. <laughs> just Listen, kidding. Maybe. They've said shit like that. <laughs> my real parents love me. You guys are just my temporary podcast parents. You got it. It's we'll a, take it. It's, we'll 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 manage. Thanks. We'll gladly take it. Feel free to ask our advice about any of your very personal life things while on this recording. Amanda and I will happily tell you what oh, to yeah. do. Oh, yeah. Okay, absolutely. I'll you sort can of drink think of as long as, as you up. do it in our house and under our roof. We'd okay. rather have you do it here than anywhere else. Moms, um, you know. what is fingering? Because <laughs> oh, a boy, well, I just wanted it's, to. It's a lot of like, you know, when you're in the lunchroom oh, yeah. and a guy's like, hey, babe. Yeah. And he does like a finger gun. Yeah. That. Oh, and so I should do- tell Michael he can finger me after the dance? Yeah, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm just going to go ahead and say it's a step you can skip. Okay. It's a step you can skip. Get right to you penetration. What, but also, but also, like, you do you. Like, if that's something you dig, like, figure it out, kid. I feel like you guys are really establishing your mom roles here. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're like, fuck it, mom. And you're like, yeah, just, like, listen to the intuition, flow. mom. Yeah, like, listen I would to be the wind. A, I would be a fuck it, mom. Just yeah. like, whatever. This is how the world is. Stop <laughs> crying. Why are you crying? I will. I really want you to have like a cigarette in between. Your lips, I'll pick like, up smoking. Dangling. I'll pick up smoking for yeah. this parent dynamic to work out between you and I. I think it's great. Well, now that we've completely diverted. <laughs> uh, uh, so okay. I also found the turtle so did reference. I. Okay. Do you want to read it, Jackie? Sure. So turtles all the way down is an expression of the problem of infinite regress. The saying alludes to a, the mythological idea of a world turtle that supports the earth on its back. It suggests that this turtle rests on the back of an even larger turtle which itself is part of a column of increasingly large turtles that continues indefinitely, e.g. turtles all the way down. Um, yeah. So like what it actually says is yeah. what it means. Turtles exactly. All the way down. Cool. exactly. Literally, just turtles. literally just a bunch of turtles. And Discworld, the books Takes by turtles. Terry Pratchett, yeah, nice. takes Transition. place on Transition. four elephants yes. mm-hmm. on a turtle. So maybe this yeah. is like a turtle that veered off. It's like a, like a, like a little branch. Rogue, yeah. A rogue, a rogue turtle, turtle that was like, I'm going to get some elephants. Love that. I think that's uh-huh. a perfect, I think that's a perfect tie-in. I think Terry Pratchett would absolutely endorse that view. Um, yeah, and I think the turtle is a perfect example of how he takes fantasy tropes and the elephants, fantasy tropes from other cultures mm-hmm. i think there's like a lot of depictions in hindu art uh i might have fucked that up uh but no that's true sort of okay t- true. T- we read that the wikipedia I, yeah <laughs> the wiki um yeah and bringing all those tropes in and then pointing out how sort of comical and wild they are but in a loving way so i was a nerd and I love nerd shit. And so I would spend many hours. The best thing that my parents could do for me on a Saturday afternoon was take me to Borders and tell me I could get <laughs> yes. two books. Yeah. Uh, and so I think I was just like in the fantasy section, picked up one of the books, loved it. When I was like 12 or 
routine and I've been like this ever since. <laughs> now, so are fun. the books chronological or can you just kind of start wherever? You can start wherever, but they build on each other for sure. So like characters are introduced in the early books that like you can love and enjoy in the later books. And I think I started somewhere in the middle. I think I started uh, with Weird Sisters, yeah, um, which is like fourth or fifth. But uh, you can pick it up anywhere. And you'll get something out of it. You mentioned Weird Sisters. How <coughs> – so since that was your first introduction to the series in general, why is that – what is that book about? Like what's the base? Mm-hmm. What's the plot? But also why Why was it so important to you? The plot is Macbeth. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. <laughs> oh, is like, it about the witches? Yeah. Yes. It's oh. the three, basically. There's the three Weird Sisters. But like the first line that I was reading, I was like, wait, this is – this is Macbeth. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> Which I appreciate it. Yeah. A there's lot. like a wicked uncle who like usurps the castle. But because it's Terry Pratchett, like it's about the witches, like they're the main characters and they're mm-hmm. sort of like a maiden mother and crone figure. Um, but they're these sort of like crazy, you know, one of them is this like uptight, hardcore, bad bitch crone. And one of them is this like perpetually drunk, has like 45 children, like <laughs> pillar of the community. And one of them is this like neo pagan teenage girl who like believes in the spirit of trees and then the other two witches like give her shit for it because they're like it's not about fucking tree spirits it's about they have a thing they call turtles it's about about the turtles turtles. hey bring it back to the turtles girl Um, and so yeah so they're the central characters and then sort of like these traveling players come to town and they're telling the story of the uh, you know like in Macbeth they have the like or uh, uh, yes in Macbeth what were you? In Hamlet, they have Hamlet, the traveling they have, players. Yes, 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 yes. Um, yes. So it's sort of he's loose with the. It references. seems like well, that's that's like one of it's like um, this king is convinced convinced by his wife to kill his cousin, right? Mm-hmm. Which is very Macbeth. But then a younger son comes back to revenge, which is very Hamlet. Mm-hmm. It's I was like, we're loosey-goosey He's with this. He's playing it loose, fast and loose. Well, it's fast like comedic fan fiction. <laughs> kind of <laughs> is. I love He's you like, so much. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Terry Pratchett is the best writer of fan fiction that we've ever had. He's just taking he's taking what he likes and he's like, I'm gonna spin it. I'm gonna yes. make sure it's all the things you know and love. We're gonna make it fun. Did, Absolutely. Did you ever write fan fiction? Oh man, I'm so happy to get to talk about this. No, and I wish to God I had. Ooh, I because did. I am so the type and you I, are so the I type. just didn't know it existed. Like oh. I just was not I an never, online person. I never knew about it either until like pretty recently. Yeah. Oof. I had no idea it was And I would thing. like write it in my head. Like I would be oh, like, sure. who's the character that I would be in this? And who would I be dating in, in this book? Mm-hmm. And who would I kill? And I would like yeah. put myself into the world, which I think is just what it is. But I didn't write it down because I didn't know. I wrote fan fiction. What'd you write about? Oh, I wrote Harry Potter fan fiction. <laughs> I always that. shipped Hermione and Harry together. Okay. I had no idea why she wasted her time with Ron. Yeah. Harry was clearly the more superior. Hasn't of the JK two. said, like, yeah, I might have goofed on that? I think she has, actually. Um, really? I think yeah. she has. Yeah. I don't like that she ends up with Ron. I, I mean, you know score Ron, one for the funny kid. But score like, one for the funny kid, but I've. Li- I've I have them on audio tape, and I listen to them at least once a year, the whole series. <laughs> I mean, I don't I blame it. you. And um, Ron is a little problematic. 
Okay. He's a little probably like is in he hindsight. He's a little slut shamey. He's very like slut shamey. Okay. Yeah. When when she kisses Victor Crumb, Mm-mm. he he's is just not about it. About, he's pissed and about it. Yeah. Man. He's just kind. He's very bratty. Uh, in the seventh book, when stuff cart starts getting hard, he's oh, the first yeah. one to bail. He's the, yeah. Oh yeah. He he. I mean, wasn't he the one who was holding the ring a lot, and then he was like, "Fuck this." The locket. Leaves, the locket. Yes. Right? Yes. The <laughs> ring. Know, the ring of Mordor. You know, the ring yeah. of Mordor. Yeah. yeah. You're Terry Pratt. Look at. You know, Terry Pratchett and all over the place. By the way, like to bring it back to well, and then he fucking bails. I, I see what you're saying. Yes. I see what you're saying. To bring it back to um, speaking of Harry Potter and Terry Pratchett mm. and uh, Discworld, I do appreciate that um, he has a unseen university for the witches, <laughs> and I was like, J or wizards, mm. yeah, J.K. That makes Wonder sense. Wonder if she was reading these books because he was the most popular author in the UK in the 1990s. Because he I passed, did not know he that. passed in 95 or 96 or something no. like that. Later, I think like 2013. Oh, but most of his books were written before the Harry Potter series came out. Yes. Oh, yes. yeah. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. And yeah, like, he, I also in think 2015, like, he died from Alzheimer's. Oh, so sad. I know. Truly one of the greatest sadnesses yeah. of my life that I never got to meet him. Really? Oh, I'll see him in the afterlife. So talk to us a little bit more about your personal experience with the book. So you went to Borders. Your parents were like, pick out a book. You're like, weird sisters. This looks interesting. Mm-hmm. And where did you go from there? Uh, I devoured it in probably two weekend afternoons of heavy reading. Uh, and I absolutely loved it. And one of the things that I love about his books, and I think the reason that Weird Sisters grabbed me so hard, is that I was at a very pivotal time in my life where I was like, there is just not – I love to be funny, and I love attention. And also, I'm a girl, and there just are not a lot of representations Mm -hmm. of, like, women being the makers of the joke and the butt of the joke. Because a lot of movies around that time, this was, like, 2011, 12, like, a lot of movies around that time were, like, oh, the girlfriends. Like, oh, why are you always trying to have sex with me? And it's, like, girls can be, like, hot. Uh, or or boring. Yeah, Yeah, or friends. Um, But they can't make the jokes and they can't, like, be the butt of the joke. And in Terry Pratchett novels, women have, I would argue, exactly equal footing with men in terms of being ridiculous, in terms of, like, having the one-liners. And so I think that I, like, fell really hard for that writing because it was, like, you know, I have examples of, like, magical girls in my fantasy reading, but there just are not a lot of, like, funny women who are the subject and not the object. That's a really Mm. great point. I think I also gravitate, I think you can probably say this too, Amanda, but growing up in like the early aughts, uh, the late 90s, early aughts, and then the 20 teens, maybe? Is that that how you say it? I don't know. We're seeing 20 teens now. I think we'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. We'll figure it out. Uh, It is. It's really really disheartening because you kind of see, I've been thinking about this a lot. You see women in pop culture, characters of women portrayed in a way that is almost always exclusively a sex object or a friend and it's kind of hard to forge your own identity you know yeah well we're taught i think there's a lot to say about like we are expected to look at a story about a young boy and be able to relate but young boys are not allowed to relate to a young woman's story yes that's harry potter i mean all of these women love harry potter but like if it was uh, you know if it and all these boys do as well but if it was hermione's 
story to be told. Mm-hmm. It would be only targeted towards women. And we would be She would like, be talking about boys the whole yeah, time. She'd be, yeah. And it's just, yeah, she'd be talking about boys. It would be and it like would be a girl that. book. And it like be boys a girl at book. school would see you reading it and It'd be, be like, like that's a girl book. Yeah. The other thing I was really into around this time, I don't know if you've heard of them, are the Tamara Pierce. No. What are those? Ooh, I loved them. Uh, <laughs> ooh. Uh, it is like Almost all of them, there's like three different sort of series of books that she wrote, but all of them are like, it's a magical world and there is a girl who is the chosen one and she has to like fight really hard and like learn magic and ride on dragons and go to war and be awesome. And they were very, very great to be reading at 11 years old as like a fantasy nerd. That's awesome. They're divine. They're delightful. That is really, really fun. What are some other themes that you found in these books that spoke to you as a young adult? Man, um, I think there is a thing that is perfect for teenagers, but they are not young adult novels in any sense, I don't think. But it's great for teens. There's this like, man, people are fucking dumb. Like, people just do dumb shit. And, like, you can count on people to be, like, self-interested and, like, stupid. And sometimes they make, you know, incredible gestures of selflessness. But most of the time are just, like, kind of greedy idiots. And in a loving way, like, at least as portrayed by Pratchett. And I think I was, like, just starting – I was, like, 12. And I was, like, whoa, my parents are, like, people. And they just, like, do this dumb shit. And why do they do it? And like, why are my teachers mean? Yeah. And I think that these books were sort of the answer from like a loving uncle figure of like, people are stupid, man. Everybody's doing their best. Everybody's trying really yeah, hard. Everybody's and, people. Yeah. And we yeah. constantly fuck up and yeah. you just can't not expect that. Wow. You got to learn that lesson at a young age. Bro. Go I mean, get thanks, it, Uncle Terry. Honestly, Come I don't on. think I like conceptualized it like that, but yeah. like I think that that has sunk into my worldview. I think I made that that realization when I was about 23 <laughs> and I just spiraled into depression for yeah, two I was years. Say, this happened to me like last year. <laughs> Honestly. You were like, why are people yeah. bad and mean like, and stupid? Oh, what happened? Uh, oh, no. Oh, The little yeah. security blanket got pulled out from under you when you were a young kid and you got to build your armor. A little bit. Although, I'll tell you, as a white lady in 2018, I certainly like like fucking an election and shit I was just like oh is the world bad did I <laughs> oh, wait what <laughs> huh? it's not hunky dory yeah people yeah. still like think this way yeah that was 100%. I mean yeah as a as a white woman myself I was a little <gasps> I was a little like oh guys oh wait a Come on! I know. Like that that yeah. was my... But I thought everyone just floated through life like me, getting la, free la, shit. La. <laughs> All the free shit. La, la, la. Just handing just hand over his free shit. Yeah. Just yeah. mad swag. Just you like the what? tote bag of swag <laughs> every day being like, oh, a pencil sharpener. I needed those. I would describe my life as mad swag. Yeah. I'll take that. So what are some other books? The, he, I mean, th- this guy did yeah. not freaking stop. Yeah. He accomplished so much. Truly. He has, how many books did he have? Like 49 or something. 49. Or 50. That sounds he about right. sold, what was it? There's uh, millions. Like millions. Billions, of, uh, millions. In, uh, yeah, no, I don't know. I can't find it. Uh, <laughs> 85 million books sold worldwide in 37 languages, which is insane. He also got to be knighted. He got to be knighted. And he loved it. When he got knighted, he was so excited and he was such a dork about it and would sign all of his letters like Sir Sir? Terry. And then he made a fucking sword. He made a sword? Wait, this is one of my favorite Terry Pratchett stories. He like, 
he just he like lives this shit. He like lives he lived in a little cottage with his wife in like the fucking countryside and he got like a bunch of his friends together and they like mined the iron ore from like the cliffs near his house and like melted it he like built a backyard kiln and they melted the iron and they like built a sword together and then he just had this sword and he just loved that sword is that what he got knighted with the sword that he made i think that was after the knighting but that'd be cute as shit but he was like listen i still need my own sword well it's also i mean it goes within the theme of these books and it seems to me like he eats, breathes, and shits this stuff. Like, this is just, like, his – this is his this is, genre. Though yeah. he did, like, some science fiction and stuff like that. But it's – I mean, of course you would do that. Of course That's, like, the that. most magical freaking thing you could ever do. And people loved it. And he never got that, like – you know how a lot of people hit that phase in their artistic career where they're like, can you just, like, stop acting like this is the only thing I can do? Like, now I'm going to write, like, a, I don't know, a true crime novel or yeah. whatever. And he never had that. Like, he just loves this shit. Wow. That's really interesting. Yeah. So tell us more about Terry Pratchett, the man. And the legend. Yeah, you, I feel like you know a lot. As opposed <laughs> to just knowing about his books, you know a lot about this person, which is so interesting because you have such a connection to him. I yeah. Off yeah, mic, we talked about his brows. Oh, uh, they're divine, divine. Yeah, like really, just he. Have you guys ever seen a bobcat? Yes. 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 You know how they have yes. those ears? Mm-hmm. Yes. And they've got a little boop boop on the top. I don't yes. know what they're for. Dongles. They're Whatever. just for dongling. They're just like They're just for being adorable. Just yeah. adorable. Well, Terry took a note from the leopards or whatever they are <laughs> from the big cats and did that with his eyebrows. Yeah. They're just bloop bloop. If we had a fan if we had a fan base that did fan art, I would love to see an uh Hear that piece. guys? Do it. <laughs> I would love to see someone take Terry Pratchett's face and put it like on side with like the boy brow um ads for gloss glossier. <laughs> <laughs> it's just he, I think I could maybe even do that. <laughs> I think honestly we just ask everyone to take pictures boy where brow. they like swipe up their eyebrows. Oh, just, just straight <laughs> up. Yeah. Really? Well, my- that's the trend now. So I like to think that it wasn't Cara Delevingne that made us all no. thick, upward combed brows. No, it's, it's, it's Terry. Terry. Thanks, Uncle Terry. Oh, also, it- my theory is with Uncle Terry's brows is that they actually help him navigate in some capacity like cat whiskers. Oh, so you can I get I mean? through this doorway? Mm-hmm. Let's, I, I don't know. Let's this see. My, okay, my brows clear it. I can do it. <laughs> I could go. Yeah, let me just like feel around, like oh, wiggle them around. Yeah, just yeah, they're independent. <laughs> like, and like, what? No, a lot of people don't know this, but his brows made that sound. Definitely. Like, listen, I do my research, you guys. Yeah. When he was being knighted by Queen Elizabeth, he like knelt down and was like, and he was like "Yeah, oh, they sorry, actually like sorry. got they grew as it was like I'm a knight now." And he like they grew, grew there, yeah, and his like, and his brows grew three times that day. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you knew he was around. That's how like, you knew. Yeah, is Terry Pratchett? Terry Pratchett. <laughs> He's coming. Terry. Hey Terry! Oi! Hey, you back there? I heard Terry. your eyebrows. Uh, was he cockney? Can you get me, you get me some water? Thank you. <laughs> I think no. I think he was like a country British gentleman. I'd be funny if he was cockney and he was like really into being night like Oi! Oi! I've got me knighthood. <laughs> I got me eyebrows right here. And oh, I made a sword. <laughs> Okay, okay, so Uh, more Terry Terry Pratchett. Terry the Man. So Terry the Man. Let's get into Terry the Man. He's an incredible person. He's got great grooming techniques. What are some other facets of this person 
that you just you love. It's it's so apparent that you just know just, have so much. She's been smiling the entire time. I too. just can't help it when it, I think about Terry Bradshaw. It's smile. like we brought baby puppies into <laughs> the studio. <laughs> yeah, these books are my baby puppies. They make me feel warm and good. Um, Terry loved books. He was like. Uh, I think he described himself as an indifferent student at one point in some interview. Like he was like fine at school, uh, and he said his real education came from like the the county library, like the little the little town library in the small town where he grew up. Uh, and so he ended up like donating a ton of money to that library, and he like at least once like came and gave uh, like gave a talk there and did a signing and donated all the proceeds to the library. He was a humanist, like most of my favorite authors like Isaac Asimov and stuff um, in the sense that he like didn't believe in God but was also like hey man whatever you're into Uh, and like I think the greatest thing that we can do is like be good to each other here on earth because there probably is nothing after Mm -hmm. trying green with um and he got Alzheimer's, which is very sad. Yeah. And that is he what did. he ultimately died of. And he was very active in the uh right to die movement. So like Oh wow. Yeah, gnarly shit. But he like was very I think he published an essay or two about how like he believed that terminally ill people should be allowed to like choose the time and method of their death. Yeah. Um, which makes a ton of sense to me. Yeah, especially if you have something like Alzheimer's, which I can only imagine for someone who it was a writer, someone who had a vast totally. amount of knowledge to just have that knowledge deteriorate over time. It's a very yeah. sad thing. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. And he, I think like after his diagnosis, he wrote something like four more books and they're wonderful. Um, but yeah, he did. I think part of it was he was like, I just don't want to like ride this cognitive decline right out until the end. And in the end, he did not end up killing himself. He died of natural causes. Oh, gotcha. Um, but I think he did a lot of good in that field yeah. while he was around. That's a really that's a really strong stance um being vocal about something like that especially if you're an author of young adult novels in any capacity I feel like oftentimes those authors often aren't asked their opinion on something like that or don't share their opinion on that and mm-hmm. to do so is like very cool yeah. to me mm-hmm. and I think yeah. he was always very open about his beliefs and they didn't offend anybody because they were mostly very nice. Like, I'm sure some people were like, no, I'm Catholic and like, I can't accept this. But for the most part, his beliefs were like, give people a chance and they'll be good. And uh, maybe there's no God, but who cares? What a wholesome figure. Why do you think that he, so I didn't really know about Terry Pratchett. I'd heard him. Amanda didn't know who he was. Um, (laughs) I don't, to be fair, I don't, I don't know. Who most people are. So it's cool. But I don't uh, That's think, why the internet exists. Why do you think Amen. he didn't have the, uh, why do you think he didn't have the same, like the same kind of uh, clout that other authors have? Or why you said like this is dork, like this is a nerd <laughs> shit. Why do you think that is? I think that it is incorrect. I think that is the case, but it, it's not right because I think that he should have, I think like in the UK, I think he has the stature gotcha. of like a like a real author. But I think in the US, he's like in the same, not the same like realm as like uh, who's the guy who writes all the like crime thrillers? James Patterson. Yeah, I think that people think of him the same way. He's like super prolific. But like not very like smart or like a beach oh. read. Were the, mm. Are the books? And I don't agree. 
Are the books page turners? Like, yes. All right, yes. good. That's good. I need and to I think read that's these. part of it, right? Because like there is like beautiful prose and like philosophy that makes you stop and like reread a sentence and go, whoa. But for the most part, they're just like very plot and character driven. Oh, I yeah. love that. I love a book that's plot driven. Yeah. Sometimes I'll get books that are just not plot driven and they're more about like philosophy and like a concept. And I'm like, what is the story? Why am I reading this? I want yeah. a story. Yeah. I think that's I'm why you like to Tolkien escape too. From life. That is why yeah. I like Tolkien. I, yeah. I've actually been thinking about rereading Tolkien because I haven't read it since I was 12. Ooh. Um, I think you will find it more dense and philosophy-y than you remember. I remember it being very dense and okay. philosophy. <laughs> and that's the reason why I haven't okay. reread it. There were parts of the Tolkien novels that were wonderful and like amazing. And there are storylines that were cut in the movies. And I don't understand why they were fucking cut. Um, but I know the chapter, Fellowship of the Ring, when they're actually discussing what to do with the fucking ring, yeah. legit. 60 pages, single space, font type eight. And I remember being a 12-year-old being like, when the fuck are we getting to the next place of this book? I was like, really, I just was, I remember being like viscerally upset at that chapter. Like, Come on, yes, the Hobbit. Throw it away, don't throw it away. Keep it, don't keep it. The Hobbit, on the other hand, is much more of a page turner, much more of a story. I, yeah, I, I always preferred The, the Hobbit. Hobbit. Me too, yeah. me too. I always, I was, as soon as I was done with that book, I was like, oh, Maybe I do like reading. Yeah. yeah. And you know what, man? Sorry to get on my soapbox, but I think that there is a false dichotomy in literature that hard to read equals good and smart. I and agree. I think, yeah. I think that it is more difficult to write a book that is a cool, interesting, exciting page turner that also deals with big ideas mm -hmm. than it is to write some dense fucking like uh, unreadable I, bullshit. I agree. And so I went to a humanities-based high school in New York, which mm. was very driven on uh, reading. So I've read uh, like the Odyssey. I've read, uh, I can't think of any others, of course, right now as I, as I bring <laughs> also, this up. Also, The Odyssey. Also, The Odyssey. It's pretty big. I've read most of Shakespeare, and Shakespeare to me was just so, like, why am I reading this? <laughs> like, it, it was like, well, it's, you know, it, it was groundbreaking, yes, for its time, but I really think that children, especially, like teens in the United States, were given these classic books, these classic novels that, yes, at the time were groundbreaking, <laughs> But, like, are they really going to make you want to read? The yeah. whole reason – there's only been a couple books that I was given as a kid in school that made me want to keep reading. Mm. One of them was Catcher in the Rye. Obvi. I'm so basic. Joy, oh, I get um, it, though. Another I, one was oh. – I always oh, hated it, like it, but I came to the, like, backlash to it before I came to the actual book. The other one was so. Number the Stars, which yeah, was – Yeah, I love that shit. Holes. A Holocaust fucking book. Yeah, that's really it. great. Yeah. Um, and then The Giver I read, too, when I was in fifth grade. Loved that I loved the, the Loved The Giver. Didn't see the movie. I heard it's pretty disappointing. Don't watch it. Got it. I it's... haven't seen it, but I don't want Just you to don't watch it either. It. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, it's I, I totally agree with your point there, which is, yes, hard, dense, and philosophical does not equal good. I think page turner plot, character development, and story equals good. Yes. Yeah. And I think there's a place for it. I'm not going to shit on anybody who loves reading fucking Borges or whatever. <laughs> Anyone who doesn't in like to Anybody enjoy their life. boring yeah. in general. I think learning Shakespeare and stuff like that, though, is important, despite the fact that it was very difficult for me to even wrap my head around because you Theater need to nerds, learn. <laughs> but like also you need to know like the rules before you break them. Yes. You know what I mean? And it seems like the these themes that, you know, Shakespeare talks about is very 
it has inspired Terry Pratchett specifically. Mm-hmm. I mean, having Macbeth and Hamlet in one freaking book and you read that at 12 is like such a cool <laughs> idea and concept mm-hmm. to like discover and 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 those classic storylines, I just think are... 100%. You know and I think mean? I also had the great good luck of being a theater kid. And so I saw Shakespeare before I read it. Mm-hmm. So then when I did read it, I was like, yeah, this is just like fun. Like now I'm just thinking of the plays and the movies I got to see. Yeah. And then I got to see it in Terry Pratchett. And I was like, I'm so smart. I get these references and I'm only 12 years and old. It's like a little Easter egg. <laughs> 100%. That's yeah. really cool. I love that you made those connections too, that you were just like... Ah, uh, Lady Macbeth. <laughs> oh, damn spot. Know. Good God. You're going to have a real t- You're going to get some mad OCD, sweetheart. Mm, you honey. Know. That's what I talk like. That's how I'm you talking. did it. <laughs> girl. Girl. <laughs> oh, my God. That's hilarious, though. I do appreciate you talking to the books like that oh, while yes. you're reading them. Of course. I must. I simply must. Um, it's the only way I can read. So what are some of the other books that, like, if somebody's interested in getting into these books? Like or, me. Yeah. What are some of your suggestions on um, do we start? I know that they're independent stories, but how would you suggest um, introducing someone to this series? I think that unlike a lot of things that I love, you can really start right at the beginning and they are good from the get go. But if you want to wait until like they're a little bit more established and you want to like be introduced to the characters in a fun, exciting way, Weird Sisters is a great way to start with the like witches ram tops part of the world. And Guards Guards is a great way to start with the Ankh-Morpork pork part of the world, which is the like main sort of city on yeah, in the books. Uh, and it's this like city that's like clearly an amalgam of like London and New York and like every major like cosmopolitan. Area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you in the world in disc world itself? Mm. I kind of just want to talk about the world. Yeah. Um, Let's do it. Okay. Is it like a Middle Earth or like a like a kind of where there's like different towns, <laughs> <laughs> like different? Yeah. Is there a map? Yes, there exist maps for sure, uh, and it's uh, it's such a like richly fully imagined world and most of it takes place in like pretty like clearly European places Mm -hmm. like the ram tops are supposed to be like Transylvania based they're like crazy it's a combination of like Scotland and like Slovenia Uh, (laughs) and then yeah yeah Uh, and then there's other continents that like sometimes you'll dip out to clatch for a book uh, <laughs> you just dip out, you know, yeah. good old clatch. You just dip out to clatch. Um, what is, so it's this disc. Is there a world outside of this? Di- like, I know that in one of the books, they go on an adventure to see what's around, I guess, the edge. Mm-hmm. They go right? to the edge. They is do. that when they, they discover the, the elephants and they're like, oh, hey. Hello. Oh, hello. Yes. Because um, it's set up like a medieval map of the world where there's like continents in the middle and then just a circular ocean around the outside. Yeah. And the ocean is continuously pouring off the edges of the map. And when oh, cool. like characters in the uh, book are like, well, then where does all the new water come from? The answer is like, that. Nah, don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> I like that. Yeah. <laughs> don't. <laughs> don't. Fucking, why are you worried? Why are you worried about this? this is a fantasy book. Um... 
Yeah. But that's like something that I pulled up a map. Yeah. There's definitely a disgruntled turtle <laughs> there. The great Atuan. Atuan. Do we get to meet Atuan? Is I mean, that, can anyone talk? really meet Atuan? No, he's like, <laughs> an, he's like an otherworldly force. Oh. He so it's just like we never, it's never like we're engaging with off this planet not really it's just we find out what's off the planet or holding the planet yes it's a pretty wild like what an incredible experience to be able to not only come up with a storyline but also like an entire universe which is often not done you know what i mean like you have tolkien and harry potter there's that like that split but, I mean, it still takes place in our world. But True. this is like – and uh, have you read that art, uh, the essay by Tolkien talking about what true fantasy is versus what's not? I think in maybe high school. Yeah. So I, this to me seems like true, true fantasy mm-hmm. because what he discusses in that essay is if it – It has to have its own laws and it has to take place like in its own dimension. Like it is not a part of this world. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the big discussions in college that we had is like, is Harry Potter considered fantasy based off of the criteria that Tolkien has set? Uh, It's interesting because I think because it takes place, it takes place here. Like they do have to follow the rules of our world, like of our physics, our gravity, our like like, what animals are the same. Yeah, like like Asia's there and Africa's (laughs) there, but like what this other like secret world, this like flip of like something else that exists that not all of us know about. Um, I wonder if that's one of the reasons why Harry Potter is a little more successful or more like world like loved mm-hmm. compared to some other more also popular fantasies is because Harry Potter is very well it could be it real c- it could that happen to you totally makes sense right that's yeah. why every 11 year old i knew was like but what if i do get the letter like oh, i know i won't i know i won't but like what, what if i, I do, do? <laughs> yeah totally i think that it is like i think it's such accessible fantasy whereas a lot of fantasy yes. is like look you already need to start like right from page one right from the jump you need to accept that this is an underwater kingdom like just baseline <laughs> yeah. and harry potter it's like okay it's normal but then it's it gets extra. a little weird. Yeah. It gets a little weird. Yeah, the yeah. first the first few chapters of Harry Potter is is very like this is normal. This is normal suburbia. But then there's these like weird things that keep happening to this eleven this poor eleven year old boy. Eleven to me then was like yeah you're like a man at eleven. Despite <laughs> being abused, is yes. still a delight. He's yeah. an angel. He's an angel. Like. I remember in I'm sorry I'm gonna go off on a little Harry Potter Hit tangent, it. but I remember when he, in the fifth book when he gets all moody, you know, and like most of his dialogue is in all caps in the <laughs> yes. fifth book. Yes, he definitely is going <laughs> through a puke. And I remember being like, oh, why is he being such a bitch? And now in hindsight, I'm like, oh, he could he could have been a lot worse. Yeah, like a what a worse. fucked up thing. What a fucked up thing Bing to breath. go through. And you're like, I live in a cupboard under stairs I with wear, my awful aunt and uncle. Who I get died, no birthday she, presents. His aunt would dye Dudley's clothes gr- like gray. She would dye them specifically so they looked like prison clothes. And like yeah. he would smell like, oh. Oh, is he not in therapy? I don't know. I mean, yeah, is there therapy in the world of Harry Potter? I feel because like everyone be. needs it. Everyone's traumatized. Like yeah. everybody's got fucking and PTSD. If anyone needs yeah. therapy in Harry Potter, it's Harry Potter. Truly. Yeah. And just like 
wizard Hitler has been trying to kill you your whole goddamn life? Like, you wizard need CBT. Hitler. You need it. You like, need I it. I have anxiety. I have, so this reminds me of another author real quick uh, before we kind of start wrapping up. Sure. But have you ever read Christopher Moore books? No. Christopher Moore is a real fun author. Oh, um, and Jackie's, Jackie's on her phone right now reading. The, is, like, is, that, is, is, that what is that what it author. says? No, the book I want to recommend is called Lamb, The Gospel According to Biff. Oh my God, I read that. Christ's Childhood Pal. I love that fucking book so much. What I haven't heard that? anything about it in like 10 years. I love that book. Get on so happy. Okay, so this book, I, I think I would like the Terry Pratchett novel. So Lamb, The Gospel oh, According to Biff. Christ's childhood pal. So this is literally the Bible, the New Testament, told from the perspective of Biff, of, Biff. Of Biff his like human friend. Yeah, and Biff's like a fuck up who just like <laughs> wants to sleep with girls and is like, can we just like not throw the money lenders out of the temple? I'm like so tired. Yeah. It's so good. It's really That's funny. That's hilarious. It's the same. It's a very similar like bit. Let's take these huge unimaginable stories mm -hmm. and then like add this human element. Yeah. Oh, it's so exciting. Have you ever read the essay Miss, uh, Mr. Bennett and Mrs. Brown by Virginia Woolf? No. no. It's a fucking dream of a read. I love her essays. And I think it gets to what a lot of what I love about Terry Pratchett and other novelists like Christopher Moore, which is like if she, basically she sort of like meets this woman on the train who's just sort of this like small, round, poor, like grumpy, incredibly human woman. And she's like, where is this in our fiction? And it's sort of a critique of the fiction over time. But I think it's a great critique of a lot of fiction, which is like, if you don't leave room for Mrs. Brown, then it's not a human story. And I'm not interested in reading anything that isn't a human story. And I was like, yes, that's, that's so amazing. cool. Um, what are if we we were to so Amanda and I with our podcast topics we like to experience them like the like basically the week the podcast gets released so what are some I definitely want to read Weird Sisters but what are some like more digestible like essays or excerpts that you can think of from Terry Pratchett or from other similar authors that you think our listeners could just dive into dive quick. into quick yeah just chomp chomp on um. Oh, I don't know his essays as much, but I do know that his books are all up in the local library. And if you get a library card, you can get a lot of the books on Kindle for free. Yes, you can. So, Same thing with New York Public Library and Los Angeles Public Library, yeah. both great libraries. If you don't live in either of those cities, I hope your library system is as good as ours. But yes, you can get them for free. Yeah. Um, that's and, awesome. And yeah, read uh, Mr. Bennett and Mrs. Brown by Virginia Woolf and read that Tolkien essay. And, uh, you know, like if you have an uncle figure in your life. Um, Who's got them, eyebrows towards God. <laughs> um, just uh, ask him uh, what he thinks about life and give him a big, big hug. Um, Let's just talk about Terry Pratchett's hats real quick before we sign How off. How many hats did he have? So many? He was a big fan of the fedora, yeah. right? The black fedora? And I think that he is the only white man who is allowed to wear a fedora. So therefore, <laughs> no man living, no no white man living on this planet right now has the right to wear a black fedora. And I know that's a hot no, take, like but I stand by it. It is a hot take. It's, like um, a, it's, it's a beautiful hat. Caitlin, why don't you tell the folks listening at home where they can find you? I know you have an excellent podcast also on Campfire Media, so why don't you share? I do. It's on this very same network, and it's called Lizard People. And each week, I invite a guest on, or a couple of guests, <laughs> um, oh. with 
have you <laughs> we got, got some eyebrows. <laughs> Lindsay's <laughs> done it. Uh, she did an Andy Kaufman episode, and they come on and they try to convince me that their favorite conspiracy theory is true. And we talk about the conspiracy theory, and we do jokes, and it's weird. We just did an episode two weeks. Uh, well, I'll I'll date this, but in July we did an episode with Tom May of the Menzingers about UFOs and conspiracy theories. I listened to wild. a little bit of that one. It was pretty wild. <laughs> he loves them. Yeah, there yeah. was like more than we ever anticipated. I thought we would dive into like two or three, and he was just like, "And there's this, and there's this, and your life is a lie." And you're like, "Oh my and Amanda, god!" We melted after, right? We yeah. just like were a pool the floor <laughs> yeah. after. We're just like, "What?" I mean, we've been doing lizard people for upwards of two years and have not run out of conspiracy theories What was yet. one of your favorite conspiracy theories from Lizard People? Oh, man. There's some pretty wild ones. One of the most convincing ones of all was that new Coke was introduced so that people would hate it so that Coke could bring back original Coke and make a bunch of money. And I 100% believe it. And I know it to be true. Nice. You know it to be true. I believe it. And also yeah. there was one that um, Jonestown was a, a botched CIA mind control experiment. Which one? Oh. Which one? Jonestown, like the mass, like the mass suicide. Oh yeah. If you're a true crime fan. Yeah. Oh, oh shit. Yeah, it was wild. I feel like you and I are really into conspiracy theories. I, I feel just, like we could be. I dig it. I, I dig, dig it. it. Also, I'm a paranoid mofo. Like I'm gonna be that crazy old lady with a tinfoil hat. I know it. I, I know understand. it. I've seen. I've seen it. It's it's gonna happen. It's in our future. Well, at least Can't we'll be wait. together. <laughs> at least we'll be together. We'll we'll have little uh, we'll have little caves right next to each other. Yeah. And I'll come visit my mommies in their tinfoil. Yeah. Oh, yes. Caitlin, thank you so much for coming. This yes. was such a great episode. Oh. Thank you so much. Very fun. It was a delight. Thank you for letting me talk about this thing I'm truly obsessed with. No problem. <laughs> everyone this is jackie thank you so much for listening to that episode i hope you enjoyed it i just want to remind you that if you enjoyed it and you haven't already left a review on itunes please go ahead and do so amanda and i would love 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 to get your feedback also go ahead and share your own guilty pleasure on your review amanda and i are cooking up some really interesting stuff for season three of guilty pleasure and we need your guilty pleasure suggestions to do it uh so go ahead and leave that review and uh we will see you on the internet. Campfire.